Oh, we're going to start this off right. Minnesota's not going to be happy with me. My state going to be like the hell with DP. We going to try to catch this nigga if we see him, this, that, and the third. You know that probably ain't going to happen. But they're not going to be happy with this. But we're going to start this off right. Let me get my Arctic air going. It's a little hot. See, niggas don't know about that Arctic air, that little $25 Amazon Prime joint. Plug up to the USB on your docking station. And with no further ado, we going to start this off with some analysis by my homie Simba Ali. He's had a lot of interesting things to say. So I got to cross-reference what he's saying. I'm going to have to cross-reference what he's saying. Make sure you like, subscribe, my nigga shit, on the North Star Podcast. Minneapolis has a cloning problem. Motherfucker. Any nigga that's way too caught up in street shit, nigga, you too far from that, nigga. You too far from that to be that. How are you that, nigga? You ain't packed up and really went to where it's at. Any nigga that likes something or pack up and go where it's at. You blood and cripping. I can't do that here in Minnesota. Fuck you talking. Fuck you talking. <laughs> we are back, baby. Get y'all ass in here. Sit down and grab some popcorn. We are back. Nigga. Niggas talking. Oh, I'm a blood nigga. If Minnesota's too far to be blood and cripping, why wouldn't you just pack up and go to Cali, nigga? I'm a GD. I'm a vice or a nigga. Chicago's too close. See what I'm saying? Chicago's too close. Why wouldn't you just go to where it's at to be a real nigga? I hate all this playing around shit, nigga. That's what I don't like. When niggas want to be gangster, then they want to be civil rights, then they want to be Malcolm X, then they want to be victims, then they, nigga, you got to be one thing, man. You're one thing. If you're a gangster, I'm a gangster. There is no reason out. That's one thing I like about international gangsters. Chinese, Russian, Mexican, all the other gangsters, they're gangsters. Nigga, we kill anybody. When I say anybody, I mean anybody. I don't care about who, what, all that stuff. I don't care. He shouldn't have been fucking with us. And whatever comes with it, comes with it. You think we scared to die or go to jail? We knew that was going to happen. We're planning for it. We know that they were hurt. It's like, you know how the Vikings beat up Valhalla. They want to die in an honorable way so they can get to Valhalla. That's how gangsters are supposed to look at the pen, nigga. That's how gangsters are supposed and, to And that's not how niggas here look at it. Let's look at... Let's look at the officials announcing charges against 14 alleged Minneapolis gang members saying our community needs a break from violence right now. That's what they're saying. Authorities on Wednesday announced federal charges against 14 alleged Minneapolis gang members, including two who they say are high ranking members of the Minneapolis Lowe Street Gang. Now, this is from August 16th. Alleged crimes including firearms, violations, fentanyl trafficking. In addition to the lows, those charges include members of the highs, bloods, and tens and twenties gangs. These charges present a chilling picture of the violence afflicted by the highs, lows, bloods, and other gangs on city streets. Violent crime levels in Minneapolis have begun to come down, and I believe our strategy, blah, blah, blah. That's what U.S. Attorney Andrew Luger is saying. Now, earlier, about what, three, four months ago, they charged 45 gang members, yep, back in May. You know what? Let me tell you something here. I, w I, I wanna say something. Yeah, you got hitters in every city, you got hitters in every state. Majority of serial hood hitters, which I denounce here on the Bagland Podcast, but you know what? What you don't have is the same thing with Simba saying, you ain't got no niggas that's 
here from here that's gonna go over and get shit popping in LA County and Cook County Jail. Them niggas ain't doing it. They not gonna do that. And when you look at these RICO charges, I bet you majority of these dudes done hurt some innocent people. I bet you majority of these dudes, and let me tell you something else. I bet out of all these niggas that's been indicted, I bet out of all these niggas, this whole damn indictment, not all these 45 black men, these niggas probably weren't worth three to three to eight million dollars. Me the power I beg of you. They probably weren't worth three. The whole their whole operation probably wasn't worth no more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars soaking wet. That's crazy. And everybody in the indictment. It's a couple dudes in their early 20s. You got quite a few of them that's, you know, in their 30s. All right. You got a couple of them that's in their 30s. Now, here's the here's the thing that I want to bring up tonight. This is not going to make a lot of y'all a happy camper. Here you don't have injunctions. See, in LA you have injunctions. And even they're trying to get it together. I was listening to uh, Rest in Peace S Bone from Rolling 40s on Street TV. I'm a subscriber of Street TV. They have a lot of good LA history. And what this brother was saying was hey, all of the all of this, you know, black men just shooting each other just for the sake of doing so. That needs to stop. I want to play a little bit of audio. And it's interesting because they say that he had lost his life not too long ago. Um, I'm hearing reports that he was killed in Sacramento, I think, uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, I think it was. Not too, you know, it, you know, I believe he was killed in Sacramento. But this brother had a lot of interesting things to say. I want to play some, some footage here. Before Esther got paralyzed, yeah, just got put on the hood. Nigga run me, then don't no nigga dictate me, and any nigga that know me. The Hoovers, the Trays, Pyros, and everybody, you know what I'm saying? Even the Hoovers. Shout out to the Hoovers, everybody, you know what I'm saying? Hey, That's don't no nigga run me, then don't no nigga dictate me, and any nigga that know me already know, nigga. Nigga, I'll do something to you, so just worry about you, don't worry about me. Now, we need more so he's saying, hey, look, I, I'm, I'm ready to look, you know, I'm, I'm looking past... I'm looking past. I, I, I'm not going to get caught up in. Well, niggas say I can't hang out with this person. I can't talk to this person out. Nigga, I'll do something to you. I've been noticing it's been a trend. I've been noticing it's been a trend for anybody. That comes from. That lifestyle. That has been speaking against the serial hood hitters. I've been noticing that there's been a. An amount of deaths. This brother got killed. Not sure what it was about. Lil Doc from East Coast was put talking about pushing the peace. He ended up getting locked up. Lil Sodi was in an accident. Rest in peace to that brother. Anybody that's been talking about, hey, you know, brothers need to get their stuff together. And they've been those that have been calling out the serial hood hitters. Mysteriously, it seems like the people that have done that has either went to jail or have been killed or, you know, something happened to them. 
I've been noticing that over the years. I remember when Sweet James Jones was speaking against the industry and saying that, hey, rap and music in general needs to have some social commentary. We don't need to be talking about your shining and your diamonds and your Cadillacs. We need to start talking about, okay, you're living this lifestyle and this is what comes with it. Now you have a bunch of coke and fentanyl heads and, and a whole bunch of STD whores. We have a bunch of hood rat heretics. That's what we have right now going on. Before they were trying to ban gangster rap. They were talking about the patriarchy and this, that, and the third. And now we got your sexy reds and your city girls and your Cardi B's. And, you know, we don't have any Dolores C. Tuckers that's basically telling Me Megan Thee Stallion, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe cover up yourself, but have some respect for yourself. Now they're going down to Planned Parenthood and they're telling black, black women to butcher your babies. Meanwhile, they're letting illegals run free. That's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. That's what's happening right now. They don't have any smoke for the hood rat culture. They don't have any smoke for the 12 twerkers. Go ahead and twerk on a cop car. That's revolution. Black lives matter. And we're going to get into that in a minute too. But I've been noticing that a lot. So what I'm saying is in, in Minneapolis here, we don't have gang injunctions. I remember when a lot of the drill music was getting its start heavily with Chief Keef and all that. You had a whole bunch of these niggas up here that was just running around with a bunch of locks. Copying the songs, doing the songs, going on Twitter and telling the police exactly where they're going to go commit a crime because they thought they were going to get a deal. So my nigga is telling the truth. Also look at the pen, like Vikings look at Valhalla, nigga. You can't tell a Viking you're gonna die, bitch. What are you so? I'm trying to die. That's how I think that gangsters should look at jail and dying, nigga. We're trying to do that. We're not trying to get a job, nigga. We're not trying. We're not trying to start a business, nigga. What you <laughs> niggas, too many gangsters, nigga. We're starting a business, nigga. What are you talking about? Are you gangster, nigga. Gangsters go to jail and laugh. Tell the judge suck on the top part of my dick, bitch. Get my cell ready. I knew this day would come. Yeah, they're wait. not doing like Gunna. They're not sitting up there like Gunner. They're not doing the Takashi 6ix9ine. They're not doing the Gunner. They're not doing what a bunch of these niggas in this Rico is going to be doing. We need more unity in this city. Niggas is scary. You know what I'm saying? And it ain't, I ain't saying scary like scared. I mean scared because they don't know what the next motherfucker going to think about them. You know what I'm saying? Don't no nigga want to go kill no nigga. That's the case. We'll be hearing sirens right now. Nigga. Uh-oh. Niggas gang bang part-time. Oh, you know, like I didn't know that. I thought gangbang was every day. You niggas is like, you niggas like work two days and be be banging for three days. Then off on the weekends. And I can we be honest about Minneapolis? Most of these murders would be happening. A lot of these niggas would be over a hood rat, sexy red broad. It'd be over a sexy red STD chlamydia infused and inflamed, you know, heretic her heretic whore, a red light district. Weave wearing fake hair nail loud track phone on the number five or the sixteen. That that's that's who these niggas be dying over. In 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 the means of the game. Well, oh, I got a problem with this game. No, you don't. These Negroes will will will, will it. These niggas is killing each other ninety eight percent of the time. Nobody's gonna want to admit it because they don't want their feelings hurt. 
Some other nigga done slutted out another hood rat that five or six niggas from the block done passed around. And one nigga done got caught up in his feelings. So he shoots the other nigga up in the name of the game. And he says that, oh, well, on the set this and on the set that. That's, that's what most of this stuff be about. It don't be about no big, big money. Because as you can see, most of these niggas is carjacking and stealing Hellcats. Riding around with 30s and all kind of shit sitting there listening to G Herbo or whatever. That's probably what these niggas is doing most of the time. But see, you ain't G Herbo, nigga. G Herbo is a superstar. This nigga's probably pulling in anywhere between thirty-five to a hundred thousand dollars a show. That's one thing I can say about them niggas in Chicago. Them niggas do that shit for real, for real. There's a couple people in the city that I honestly think that they really got a shot. What's the dude that with, with the song? He got the song with the um uh uh NLU Skeet or whatever. The uh, he's talking about the. Um, you know the a, the ABC or uh, he was in some classroom or whatever. I, I think he I think he's probably gonna go somewhere. There's a few niggas that's gonna go somewhere. Everybody else is gonna be sitting back hating on each other. I don't want to work with this nigga. I don't want to work with that. I swear, Vezel came to the city and he was talking about that. You gotta work with each other. When you got somebody that's coming from another city, that's basically saying, "Hey man, y'all gotta work like Atlanta. Y'all gotta y'all gotta work with each other." But to be honest, I'm gonna tell y'all about something, and this is this is not gonna be make me very popular in my town. I don't care. Minneapolis, Minnesota, is not a Minnesota nice type of place. It's a place where a whole bunch of niggas want to copy what everybody else is doing. Niggas want to cut each other's throat, and they stay within their little cliques. And everybody wants to outdo each other. They don't do like people in Atlanta. That's the problem. You got some Negroes that done moved up from the South or came up from different places in the Midwest and, and an adopted. They have adopted the serial hood hitter mentality. They have adopted the race soldier mentality. That's what they've done. They have adopted the white man mentality, but they haven't reached the white man economics. I know who I am. First of all, I'm Roland Martin. I'm a man. Okay. I'm a man. Do you first. identify as a black man? Oh, first of all, I identify as a man. Niggas like that. You have the, like the ones he said, the so-called activists, you have Negroes like that. Who I identify as a Popeye chicken Negro spiritual person. That's what I identify as. Or identify as a, you know, you know, a part-time tripping on the set, part-time fentanyl smoker, part-time hood rack chaser. We got a whole mix of that. And it's a sprinkle of the real niggas. And that that, that kind of waters us down from the rest. That's Minnesota. I had an interview with Melody Water. Shout out to her. Many years ago. And I was asking, what is the Minnesota sound? What is the Minnesota sound? I said, that's Prince. Morris Day. What is the Minnesota culture? See, that's the thing. We don't have no culture. What is our culture? Gordon Parks, nigga. Man, who's Gordon Parks? I don't know who that is. Most niggas don't even know who Gordon Parks is. Our sound is Morris Day and Prince. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. That's the sound. That's the sound that we should be emulating. That's the sound that we should be emulating. And yeah, you could fuse that in with the trap and the drill or whatever, but man, it should, it, it should be some, somebody ought to be baptizing their beats with the, with the lake of fire. I know who I am. First of all, you should know who you is. 
Here goes part of my rant. Seriously. That's what you have in this city. That's the reason why people outside of the city of Minneapolis and outside of the state of Minnesota, a lot of people for the most part, yeah, they 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 see certain things. They see the Vikings, the Mall of America, they see all of the all of these kind of things. They seen George Floyd riots. You know, they seen all of that. But they're like, okay, what's next? What do we know Minnesota for? A bunch of cutthroat ass niggas from a bunch of surrounding cities in the Midwest and a bunch of other, you know, and a couple sprinkles here and there from the South and a couple, you know, a few cats from the West Coast and they're all biting tooth and claw and crumb. That is the vibe. Backdoor city. And a bunch of slutty ass police car twerking hood rats. That's what that, that that's that is the commonality of the city of Minneapolis. That is that is what we have come to be be. And niggas get mad at this podcast when I'm telling the damn truth. Hey, nigga, go to jail, nigga. I had some push-ups I've been waiting to do. Fuck me talk together so we can actually break down what the fuck happened. Yeah, my nigga said it for real. The good old days, you know, oh yeah, I'm, I'm working on, I still got my book that I'm working on. Yeah, I got the blue heart, different little areas and got this because obviously I'm a crip. I grew up in the parts on there. I got the blue heart, I got the red heart. All right, okay, here we go. They come all different, different shapes, sizes. Protect your energy. I don't got my other one on with all the color hearts and shit, but I'm explaining that why I'm on this camera because I got the hearts on there. I got the blue heart, I got the red heart, I got the orange heart, and I got the uh, black heart. The blue heart is because obviously I'm a crip. I grew up in the crip area. The red heart is for the bloods because obviously you grew up in the blood territory and the orange heart is for the people that grew up in the Hoover hood. The black heart is because at the end of the day, we black. See? You know I'm saying we was black before we moved to all these different little areas and got brainwashed with all these different colors and codes and all that little shit. So at the end of the day, we black. So when you see the four hearts on my hoodie or, or, or the t-shirts, that's what it signifies. The blue. Now, this, now, let me tell you something. We don't have a bunch of niggas like him up here. Because if we did, half these niggas to be out here, they wouldn't even probably be around. Most of the people, as he said, most of the people, if they move to Chicago or if they move to L.A., they would not last They wouldn't. They wouldn't last. I was talking about Black Lives Matter. That segment of Negroes. I found some footage where Michael Brown Sr., you know, I was covering the stuff about Darren. Uh, uh, hold on, wait a minute. Hold on, let's look. Wait, we're we, we gonna play that in a minute. This is the stuff that they pulled. This is the stuff the Black Lives Matter pulled. We're gonna take a walk down the liberal, we're gonna take the liberal limousine down memory lane. Uh, known for that, and, and that's not on that. Well, a lot of people don't know that Black Lives Matter was made for. Um, 
for uh, gay women, gay rights. A lot of people didn't know that. Um, excuse me. The minute that they start putting these black bodies. A lot of people didn't know that. I know a lot of people up here in Minneapolis didn't know that initially. That was a trick bag. That's what made it very sinister. That's what made it very sinister. As soon as I found out, I said, I can't rock with them folks. So the people that were probably really good hearted that were like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I, I believe that black lives should matter. That were really out trying to do, do, you know, do righteous. That messes things up for them. Because you got these little three feminist broads trying to get a bag. On their, uh, on their website, they became uh, known for that, and and that's not that's not what's in their mission. You know, you got to have your purpose, your mission, and all that. When you go on there in their mission, that's not fair for use. Them. YouTube, fair um, use. Black Lives Matter was actually started to um, after Trayvon Martin was started, but uh, was murdered. I'm sorry about that. Um, but when uh, Mike was murdered, they escalated. You know, uh, and got uh, notice through that. Um, yeah, so yeah, that wasn't like I said, that wasn't their mission. But the minute they start putting pictures up, that the, the people start following them, and nobody really dug in. Like, but what is their mission? Their mission has nothing to do with black and brown bodies laying on the ground. Have they reached out to you at any point? Uh, it took it took a minute. But uh, I I I did uh, I did uh, um, a public announcement, actually calling them out, and uh, they reached out to us, and uh, we had a conversation. We came to a, a certain uh, common ground with Patrice Colors. Um, she's not with them anymore, but uh, I was able to uh, speak my piece and. And get down to you know what what's really going on in all these organizations to getting this money and you know you have and it was a lot of them the same th even with Floyd remember the fat white broad the fat white teacher up here that collected all that money when Philando got killed the liberal limousine goes real deep on the nonprofit for profit especially up here in Minnesota that happens a lot all these white liberals up here be getting a huge bag. They'll give a couple crumbs to a few niggas up here, but they get a huge bag. That's a big thing. That is a huge thing. Let's pull up some more, some more information here. Let's put up some more info. But before we do, let's do this right. Let's do it right. Nigga got theme music. Shout out to Mike Titan for that. I usually play my theme music first, but I'm a, I go heavy with some bars before that.
I sure appreciate everybody that tunes in. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other things that you could be doing. But I do want to play a little audio here. This is interesting. Well, hey. Patriot J, Benny Johnson, Big Bongino, Alex Jones, free my dogs and lock up the radical left gone crazy. I don't bail, I don't bail, I won't see inside a cell. Is that Don J? Is that Teflon Don fresh out the bail? They trying to lock me up, but I'm plugged in in ATL. Got homies doing life in jail. They living in hell. These DAs acting silly. My mugshot is worth a billy. So oh, man. Does Don got bars? Oh, Joe. Joe gonna have to hit the studio now. He gonna have to drop the cocaine and have Hunter hook up with Timberland. Don! Oh, Don! Don going platinum first day out. Uh oh. This is going to be an interesting 2024. Jogo may have to stop tripping over the over the foot of Harriet Tubman and 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 bring Hunter in, man. For I don't know, you may he may have to get Justin Timberlake, get Britney out of her little janky contract. You know, pull 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 Britney out of her little pull Britney out of her private hotel. We're running that train with a couple of those guys allegedly, and throw her on the hook, make it a Karen Casserole, make it a Karen Casserole platinum hit. Oh man. Oh man. See what they try to tell us. Let's pull this up cuz we got to talk about this tonight. I'm a little late, y'all. I'm a little late. But we got to cover this. We got to cover 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 this part. Let's see here. Is this it? Watch self-hating conservative. No, no, no. Is, is this it? <coughs> Have you ever heard of the term a nigga wake up call? No. Uh-oh. It is an incident where a person of color. Fair use, YouTube. Of color and are reminded rather Buttcake man has some questions for Larry Elder. Oh, Have you ever brother. had any of those? Oh, brother. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. You think you've ever well, had I, I'm acutely aware, Charlemagne, that I'm a black person. Fair just use. As you are a black person. And when uh, Joe Biden insulted you by saying, mm -hmm. you ain't really black, we don't know whether or not you want to vote for me or vote for Donald Trump, uh, it seems to me that should have been a wake-up call on your part. You, you know what? As much as elders cooning that he's been doing, a clock is always right at some time. Charlemagne didn't say nothing. And he could have. Charlemagne didn't say a damn word. Nothing. He didn't say anything. 
He sat there and had this old shrug amphibious look on his face as usual. Like somebody pushed him out of an F-16 fighting Falcon and he fell and, and he fell in, in, in like he fell in the Sahara Desert or something. I you know, this nigga gets sat up there and didn't say a word. Didn't say anything. He doesn't really have a response to this. How dare this guy come in here and insult you, a black man, and tell you you got to think a certain kind of way? I'm amazed that you weren't mad about that. Um, I didn't, I'm not gonna say that it upset me. Just like I'm not letting you upset me. You know what I mean? I don't. He's deflecting. Like well, that, but what I did say. Well, well you was, just not, not talk about, about a nigger wake up call, and it seemed to me that that should have been a wake up call on your part to have right. a white guy come in here who also said, by the way. And he came in here and told you you aren't even black and let you think a certain kind of way. It seemed to me that should have been a nigga wake up call for you, but it wasn't apparently. Yeah, I mean, no, for the record, I'm not a Democrat or Republican. I, I, I didn't say I, you he's deflecting again. Again. He said, was that a nigga wake up call for you? Joe. Hold on, let's see. That he lied and said that he tried to visit Nelson Mandela during apartheid South Africa. It seemed to me that should have been a wake-up call for you, but it wasn't. I want to find the one where he was talking about the crime bill. Let me see if I can find it. Have you ever heard <coughs> of the term a He was talking about the crime bill on one part. He asked him about the crime bill. You can't. You ain't gonna get away from that crime bill. And as I said it a thousand times on this podcast, and I'm gonna continue to say it, the crime bill was arguably the worst law passed since the Black Codes in the 1800s. The 1994 crime bill was the worst law passed since the Black Codes in the 1900s, or the, or the, or the late 1800s. And it comes down into this conversation here. See, foundational blacks, we really lead the force when we start talking about getting what's due to us, because even to the point where you have the president of Guyana demanding slavery reparations ahead of an apology from plantation owner to descendants. Georgetown, Guyana, Guyana president Irfan Ali lashed out at the descendants of, of European slave traders saying those who profited from the cruel transatlantic slave should pay reparations to today's generation. The leader of the South American country also proposed that those involved in the slave trade be charged for crimes against humanity. He spoke ahead of Friday's formal apology in Guyana by the descendants of Scottish 19th century sugar and coffee plantation owner John Gladstone saying the apology should also include issues of compensation and reparative justice. Tangibles. Not hugs, not John Lewis. Well, we shall overcome. We don't want no we shall overcome. He's saying you hit my pocketbook. The president said that while he welcomed plans by the family to acknowledge what he called the sins of the past, it also implies an acknowledgement of the cruel nature of African enslavement and indentureship in Guyana and an act of contrition that paves the way for justice. 
The Gladstone family has admitted that it benefited from African enslavement and endurership on the Demerara and other plantations owned by its patriarch, John Gladstone. Gladstone was the father of 19th century British Prime Minister William Ewart Gladstone and received more than 100,000 pounds of compensation for hundreds of slaves. The Gladstone family should not be immediately, could not be immediately reached for comment. Let's see if we could get some, hold on, let me see if I get some audio here. This is Guyana, y'all. This is Guyana. They're taking our lead. They're taking the lead from us here. Let's be clear about that. We lead the pack when it comes to justice, when it comes to fighting. Hold on. What do we got? I want to hear some audio. Progeny of John Gladstone for their apology. Acknowledgement and apology are first steps in the process of reparative justice. The apology is implicitly an acknowledgement of the cruel nature of African enslavement and indentureship in Guyana, an act of contrition that paves the way for justice. An acknowledgement and apology serve as a moral reckoning, validating the pain and suffering inflicted on generations past. However, the multifaceted legacy of slavery extends far beyond the confines of historical memory. The descendants of John Gladstone must now also outline their plan of action in line with the CARICOM 10 points plan for reparative. Okay, so this is CARICOM. Now, this doesn't include foundationals here in America. But you know what? You need to cut the Caribbeans a check. That's their reparations thing. He said a 10-point plan. Six members of the family scheduled to arrive in an English-speaking nation later Thursday to participate in a brief ceremony at the University of Guyana on Friday, which they will formally apologize for the role John Gladstone played in what was then British Guinea. Traveling with them is supposed to be former BBC journalist Laura Trevelyan, whose family earlier this year apologized to slave descendants in Grenada because her ancestors owned hundreds of slaves in that eastern Caribbean island. And you got to keep in mind, y'all, these weren't grown people that were just enslaved. These weren't just senior citizens. This ain't wasn't Fiddler off of Kunta, off of Roots. Hey, you know, Kunta, you want to be free. You want to be free, African. No, these wasn't just niggas that was old. These were children that were picking cotton and doing all kinds of... Their entire lifeline and lineage was stolen from them. Absentee plantation owner Gladstone, who owned more than 2,500 slaves in Guyana and Jamaica, never set foot in Guyana or in the neighboring West Indian islands, but was in charge when the renowned 1823 slave rebellion erupted on his plantation at Success Village on Guyana's east coast, seven miles from the capital of Georgetown. Historical records show that hundreds of revolting slaves were killed, their heads chopped off and lined on poles all the way to the capital as a reminder to others nursing similar ambitions as colonizers snuffed the two-day rebellion. So these folks used to cut our, our folks' heads off. Now, CARICOM's talking about getting their reparations. I don't want a penny. That's for folks from the, from the Caribbean. That ain't for us. I support it 110%. Get your bread. 
Get your bread, get your land, get everything. And like you said, crimes against humanity. Somebody needs to be sitting in where Carolyn Bryant's piece of shit ass. May she rest in piss. They need to be sitting where Carolyn Bryant was supposed to go. Let me play the appropriate music. Let me play the appropriate music. Oh, yeah. Let me play the appropriate music on where she needs to rest. The Gladstone family needs to be making that trip down to the county jail. Yeah. They need to be making that trip down to the county jail. And somebody needs to be cutting the check. Somebody needs to be cutting the check. Absolutely. Absolutely. They need to be cutting the check. Because this is part of the reason why we even have these issues here. Mississippi has problems, but it's crushing L.A. when it comes to homelessness. This is from the L.A. Times. Tommy Brown, a homeless outreach coordinator here in the capital, one of the country's poorest states, saw a lifetime's worth of desperate people as he navigated bumpy roads in his green Toyota Tundra on a recent morning, including a woman who said her landlord stole her benefits check and then broke her arm by clubbing her with her own walker. He said, I can't imagine L.A. being in a situation or position to be proactive anymore, said Brown, 62, who made week-long visits to L.A. in 2010 to 2016. All L.A. could do is to try to keep up with the situation. Mississippi has problems starting with the nation's second highest poverty rate just behind Louisiana's. Yet the state also has the country's lowest homeless rate, a combination of stats that is hard to fathom for those who believe poverty directly leads to homelessness. Jackson's ability to contain his homeless problem shows the power of cheap housing to keep people off the streets, according to experts and people who work directly with Jackson's homeless population. It's hardly perfect. Jackson has the country's highest murder rate. And many people are afraid to drink the water, a sign of crumbling infrastructure resulting from decades of institutional racism and neglect. Drug overdose deaths occur here in highly here at roughly the same rate as they do in California. And some advocates believe addiction is behind a recent uptick in youth homelessness here. Home of the slaves, King Cotton. As David Banner said, home of the clan with no mask. Yet Eric Adams coon ass is flooding New York with illegals. This is Joe Biden's America. This is Joe Biden's America. They sitting up here worried about what kind of taxes and election fraud or that they think Donald J with the two paid probably done did. They're worried about Donald when they really need to be worried about cocaine in the West Wing. me the power I beg of you. This is the Popeye chicken negro spiritual invasion returning again. This is a return of the Popeye chicken negro spiritual people. 
And this is another thing here. Shout out to D-O-W-L-A. Y'all need to go follow Original Podcast with an A. Original. Go follow him. But see, we've been doing everything for everybody else and we haven't gotten anything. Don't don't harm these people. Remember, Muhammad Ali, that man risked his career to shut down the whole thing about the Vietnam War. He said, I'm not going to go over there and harm those Asian people. They Fair didn't do use. anything to me. Those Fair are my use. brothers. This foundational black American put, he was on the top of his game, put his career on the line to not harm Asian people. None of them would do that for us. <laughs> they wouldn't do that for us. No, they wouldn't. The black Panthers were going over there. Hey, leave these people alone. This war, this is an unjust war. We were fighting for them. When Asians came over here, we were the ones supporting those karate movies mm -hmm. in the black community. Come on, we, we see that you're marginalized. We'll support your movies. When you bring your businesses over here, they were going to black neighborhoods. We were supporting their business. Big facts. When Bruce Lee came over here, white people weren't messing with Bruce Lee. He was up there in the Bay with black people. His first students were black. Chilling. You see, yeah. we were rocking with them and we still patronize their businesses. We still we're their economic base. You go to any nail shop. We're the economic base. It's never reciprocal. That's not an allyship. That's exploitive when it's not reciprocal. We don't really have allies. Foundational black Americans. And speaking of black folk. Let me open up the black book. Let me open up the black book here. See, the mother books, see the little small books sound like this. That's my notes. But the books with all the real shit sound like this. Five, six hundred pages, nigga. Let me go break it down. See, I try to separate. I was trying to separate my being black and IT in the bag land. I'm not doing that shit no more. I'm me. Can't separate DP from DP. Can't do that. How do we get here? How do we get here? Let me find out where this is. How, how do we get into this point? Okay, that's earlier in the book. Hold on. Damn, this is a big ass fucking book. How do we get into this situation? Hold on. Well, first of all, if we want to be honest, In January 2011, firms owned by white women won 56% of the $475 million in work. Yeah. White women were the, were the sole beneficiaries of minority contracts. There was actually an article about this through the Dallas News where they said most of the people that received all the money in Dallas for the million dollar contracts under the guise of diversity and inclusion was Becky. 
I might come back to this, but I'm trying to find out. There was a chapter in the book. Hold on. Jesus, so much. So much information. I'm going to have to go back and find out where that is for me to quote it. But basically, in the 60s, soon as they gave black folks their little voting rights and their little Popeye chicken Negro sandwich, hey, you know, go into this hotel so you can sleep with a Becky. You won't get hung from a tree this time. Soon as they gave niggas that, they started issuing in a whole big immigration population to override black folk. That's what they did. That's exactly what they did. They absolutely did that. Well, I'll come back to that. I got I got to keep playing that. And right now, if you really look at the wages, they're saying American workers, and we, we're talking about economics now, American workers are demanding $80,000 a year to take a new job. They said employers, and this is from CNBC, employers have been trying to keep up with pace with the wage demands, pushing the average full-time offer of up to sixty-nine grand, which is a 14% surge in the past year. According to the latest New York Federal Reserve Employment Survey released Monday, the average reservation wage or the minimum acceptable salary offer to switch jobs rose to $78,000 during the second quarter of 2023. That's an increase of about 8% from just a year ago, and this is the highest level ever in the data series that goes back to the beginning of 2014. Over the past three years, which entails the COVID-19 pandemic era, the level has risen more than 22%. Now, you got to think about it. The average black person in Minnesota makes probably anywhere between 35 to maybe 50,000 a year. That's the average. 35 to 50,000 a year. What the hell are you going to do with $50,000? You can't do much with it. So when black folks is talking about reparations and stuff like that, they're like, "Well, wait a minute." You're giving all this money to Ukraine. You're bringing in all these illegals. But you're telling black folks ain't no money. You're telling black folks ain't no money. And this is what they tell them black folks. This is where I'm getting into. This is. And no, and you, and, and, and you notice, you notice any of the, of the so-called patriarchy people, oh, the black man patriarchy and oh, the black, black male music is horrible. Black male music is horrible. They're not saying anything about this. Nothing. They're not saying nothing about this. STD queens. Nobody's saying nothing about that, are they? It's going to be a bunch of hood rats in Minneapolis going to that show whenever she drops something. We're not going to be able to lead our people through that. Hood rat whorehouse mentality. 
tattoos, jabs, Biden butt kissing, and Popeye's chicken Negro spiritual sitting up Sunday morning, riding around with your Creflo dollar that goes hand in hand. Hand in hand. It goes hand in hand. And this is who they're raising. Yeah, this this is your STD queens. This is what they're producing. Now these kids can't be any older than six years old at the maximum. They got a crayon. I want y'all to understand. They got a crayon in their mouth as it's a blunt. And they're holding Nerf guns. And their little real mute in, in their little and they got and they got these kids got phones. I know these kids can't be no older than six, seven years old. But your STD Queens thinks it's okay. This is your STD Queens. Where are the parents? Where's the parents? Hold on, let's get to that. I'll, I'll make a comment because yeah, it's been a while, you guys, since I put anything up. So I'm just kind of doing things, you know, bits and pieces, bits and pieces. Hold on. Now this is another thing. Now I've noticed with Angela Yee, fair use, fair use YouTube, Angela Yee, she's always trying to step. She's she, she's she's always. I notice she's always stepping up for the immigrant coons and the pedophiles. It seems like. If it's anything LGBT, she goes along with it. People can this be born gay. No, I don't. And it's and there's no conclusive evidence uh, to that point. Wow, you know, you know, a lot of gay people say they were born that way. They said that, you know, you're saying a lot of murderers say they were born murderers. Mm. A lot of pedophiles say they were born pedophiles. So if we're going to say there's a gay gene, we're going to have to open up the conversation and say that there's a pedophile gene, which means if I molest children, I shouldn't go to jail because after all, it was in my DNA. Be careful yesterday? about opening up one I, door. You got to open up all them doors. What I say yesterday? Oh, no, hold on. Being a pedophile is illegal. Being a homosexual is not illegal. Well, true. But guess what? When the DSM-5 came out last year, that's the Bible of Diagnoses, they say they accidentally put pedophilia in as a sexual orientation. Having sex with kids accidentally was not listed in the DSM as an illness. They had to quickly fix to change that. And I think they did that on purpose because there's an organization called the North American Association for Man and Boy Love. They're trying to normalize and legalize pedophilia. Oh, no, we gotta blow them up it's on, on the internet. We, North we American no, Association. No, oh my goodness. In no, fact, it's already been predicted that when the next DSM comes out, pedophilia will be normal behavior. We need to drop a Remember, homosexuality right was once mental illness. 
up until 74. They changed it in 74. I just went on this website. Yeah. North American Man for Boy Love Association. Celebrating 44 years since 1978. Yeah. Who we are. I'm looking on our website. Extreme expression of men and boys in mutually consensual relationship. Men and boys. Yeah. And they're using very, very, they're using very, very broad and ambiguous terms. Broad and ambiguous terms, man. Pedophiles. Now this was old. I noticed that some, and, and you know, the the Breakfast Club. Them niggas is a bunch of deviants. Them niggas is a bunch of deviants. Shout out to Simba Ali for bringing Umar up here. That's another thing. Let, hold on, let me go. Let me take a now another trip down memory lane. Well, DP, why why do you support why do you support him so much on your channel? I support the homie so much because you know you got to keep in mind something, man. When I started listening to podcasts, for the most part, him and B-Roller, those are the people that I listen to. You know, when I flew down to Tennessee years ago and stuff like that, I was listening to that. That was on my damn, you know, that's what I was traveling, you know, from Nashville, Tennessee, all the way, all the way to, uh, uh, and where was it in, 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 in Tennessee? Where in the world in Carmen, San Diego, Tennessee, coming from Nashville? I can't remember where I, where I was at, but I was going down for a family, a family memorial. And y'all got to keep in mind, bro was one of the few people that brought him up here, brought him up on his show. You see what I'm saying? I, I, you got to think I knew these guys back in, you know, what I'm saying, back in the 32 West days. You see. So before I even really started to even think about picking up a microphone, you see what I'm saying for, for pod podcasting, it wasn't something I was necessarily going to do. It wasn't something I was necessarily going to do. You know, was that when I was in school, people were like, well, you got a radio voice you should consider. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Cause radio, that means you gotta go to somebody's radio station. Now you you, you set up your own radio. Give me the power, I beg of you. Give me the power, I beg of you. I, I give myself the power. I beg of my own power and I give it to myself. You know what I'm saying? And speaking of foundational blacks, I was gonna wait. But let's give bro his flowers now. Hold on. Where's the Revelware site? Here we go. Y'all make sure y'all go to Revelware. R-E-V-O-Ware. Go to Revelware. Got a great foundational black American t-shirt. I like this. Let's look at the catalog. Space Age. Oh, that gives me some 8-Ball MJG vibes. Savio, uh, Savio Fair. Don't let my grades get your ass whooped. Dolphins kill sharks. Yes. Oh, that, that's dope. Negro League United. We need a Negro League. Maroon Society. You already know about the Seminoles. Indigenous American. Come on, man. This is one of the dopest. Heaven's Devils. 
Because it's like there's balance. It's balance. People say, oh, well, you know, you a devil worshiper. No, no. See, what it is is, you know, things take time to do. And when I think about, like, when they talked about the homelessness, or not the homelessness, but the fatherless uh, segment where, you know, Elder was talking about that, how when fathers in the home, black people were successful. He's correct about that. And as it went down into this old feminist garbage, you see where that's got us. That, that's got us with the Sukiyanas and the sexy reds. They can say whatever the hell they want about Cardi B. Cardi B promotes a lot of BS. But you see, she got a husband. The Sukiyanas and the sexy reds, they just want to promote STDs and Popeye chicken, you know, and eating ass and all that. That's all they want to. These bras will literally tell your children to just go out and have STDs. You remember back in the day where they were, you know, they used to actually have like HIV conferences and stuff like that. You got you got these bras running around here talking about where they're raw dog queens. And you got to understand, man, things take time. Things take time to get things together. See, many of y'all want the kingdom of heaven, but y'all don't y'all don't want to go to hell to get it. Give me the power I beg of you. You don't want to harness power. You want someone else to give it to you and it's not going to happen. So what it is, is you, you know, you got to we, we have a segment of society here. They want to sit back on the sidelines and be spectators of greater men. They don't want to get their sword sharpened. They want to keep it dull, dense. They want to be goofy. They want to be willing sheep. And you rebuke the leadership and guidance of the shepherd. I know who I am. First of all, I'm be a nigga my, like this. I'm a man. OK, I'm a man. Do you first. identify as a black man? Oh, first of all, I identify as a doesn't even want to identify as a black man. If you can't identify as a man, you got some men that can't even identify as that. <laughs> you got some men that can't even identify as that. They want to identify as a ham sandwich. Well, you, you need to call me a ham sandwich, but you're not a ham sandwich. But I still need to be identified as one. I need to be identified as a ham sandwich. Sheepish hoes and niggas. Return of the Popeye's chicken invaders. While niggas be sitting up talking about shoes, you know, an Instagram slime bag models. You could be like, hey, what's up with some food supply? What up with some water? What up with some uh, antibiotics, some Ariana Grande's and some John Wick for your ammunition? Well, you know, the pair of Jordans are going to look a little better. As if that's supposed to do anything. Heaven's devils. Y'all got to check out that Revel wear. This is pretty dope. It's not blasphemous. You see what I'm saying? This is this is hella dope. You should be you should be at this over Balenciaga any day. Nigga, this is your Balenciaga. This is the nigga Balenciaga. This is the this is your nigga Balenciaga. There you go. And see, this is why this is the reason why we why I say we're going to have to have a civil war. We're going to have to have a Negro Nuremberg. We got to get rid of these bed bucks. We got to separate ourselves from these coons, these STD raw dog queens. We have to separate ourselves from them. They're not going to bring us anywhere. They're going to bring us back. If, if it's up to them, we're, if it's up to them, you're going to have 
if it's up to them, you're going to have willing participants of George Jefferson's bed winch. Me the power, I beg of you. Me the power. You gonna have you gonna have we they gonna bring us back to that. They gonna bring us back to that kind of mentality. Black people are the only people that send their brightest and their best to white colleges and white people. We talk about the football players and the black uh 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 uh, basketball players for dating white women where you sent them to white colleges and made them be around all white people anyway. The problem is, is that most black people want to be white in the first place and won't admit it. They don't want to stay around black people when they get their money. They don't want to go to HBCUs. I don't think HBCUs should be a choice. I think that should be the only option that you have. Unless you're trying to go and get something and bring it back to the community. So what I'm saying is $360,000 and you're- Yeah, you end up with niggas like this. I know who I am. First of all, I'm Roland Martin. I'm a man. Are okay. you a black I'm man? I'm a man. Do you first. identify as a black man? Oh, first of all, I identify as a man. Yeah. We end up with buck broken, boule, bootlick Negroes like that. Or you end up with the sexy reds. That's what you end up with. All we got to do is go back home and turn our communities into productive places. That's All it. All we got to do is go back home and make our communities a decent and safe place to live. And if we start dotting the black community with businesses, opening up factories, challenging ourselves to be better than we are, white folk instead of driving by you, 